Hey, 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 everybody. It is the TFL Podcast back again. Yeah, we're here. Arch, how are you going, mate? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. It's so close to the season. Woo! Oh, it's, it's a been a big day today with NFL oh. news. <laughs> All the roster cuts just went bang, yep. and boy, were there were some surprises, some <laughs> big fantasy implications. Yeah, people I know who have done drafts in the last month are probably just looking at some of their choices, going, "Wow." I'd Really wish I didn't take that guy. And also, some other people pretty pumped with some of their late round picks yep. now as well. So, it's a it's a big day. So we'll, we'll go into that pretty soon. But it's a really exciting episode. We have a special guest coming on the pod. Yes, Matthew Betts, the at Fantasy PT from the Fantasy Footballers DFS show, come coming on to talk all things cash. We're really pumped to, to yes. have him on. So we we talked to him a little bit earlier, and it was a great chat. Oh, we had a really yeah, great can't time. wait to share it. It's going to be really, really good. So in the meantime, you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, at the TFL Podcast. We have a website, thetflpodcast.com, and go ahead and give us some five-star reviews. They're much appreciated. We've been running a competition, Arch, as well for five-star reviews. I think you've got a bit of an announcement to Yes, make. yes. Uh, look, I was going to – I said I'd announce it on Monday, but um, thought might as well wait for the pod uh, to give a bit of a live uh, – well, live when I'm recording anyway – announcement <laughs> <laughs> of, of the winner. And so thanks for those who did uh, put in uh, those five-star reviews. Um, so the winner, lucky winner, is Travis Freeman. Uh, get yourself a nice little stubby holder and access to our projections. So uh, we'll be in touch with you. Uh, so that's uh, that's good. But I've, not only that, Rowan. Whoa, what's happening? I'm, I'm too generous, I think. Oh, <laughs> such a kind-hearted yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to extend this competition. What? Or just run it again. I'll give, I'll give another two-week window. Run it back. If you, if you forgot or you missed out and want to get in on the action, get a TFL podcast uh, stubby holder and access to our projections. Uh, I'll tell you what, enter again. Another five-star review, and uh, we'll put you in the running. And look, let's just say the odds are pretty high in your favour that you're going to win, I'll be honest. <laughs> but we will love I've got too many, Rowan. <laughs> I realised I bought too many. Look, <laughs> look, there's only so many beers you can have at yes. once, isn't there, Arch? So you got to... You got to handball a few of those stubby holders out. So please give us yes. a five-star review, everybody. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, it is. It is getting so close, Arch. Oh. What I'm really excited about this this weekend for for, for us, we've got yes. a, a home league, the TFL. Yes, the OG draft on on Saturday. It's I'm I'm really excited. I'm really pumped. I've got this and then on Monday night I've got another draft and yeah. home league draft and then Tuesday my night is my third home league draft. I'm just <laughs> I'm just really pumped for for these drafts. It's just so different to like the best bowls yeah. and the other things that we've done in the you offseason. It's be a live in person draft. I've got two back to back. Uh you know, had to obviously tricky on negotiations to just get two nights back to back out of the house. Uh but you know one of well being my birthday definitely made that a bit easier. It's like, ah, oh, like, well, I have to draft. Uh, it's what I want to do. It's my day, right? <laughs> that's no, but, right. Um, so, yeah, that's a Friday night birdie bowl. Oh, that's going to be epic. Um, and uh, <laughs> Jeff Greenwood, uh, I think is the FF engineer, came up with a great little plan for your live in-person drafts. Now, for those in my home league who might listen to this before then, cover your ears. <laughs> Including me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to I listen. Guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna come to, to come to the draft with last year's sort of ESPN or Yahoo's top 200 rankings. White out the year 2020, put 2021 on there, and just say, "Oh, look, guys, I've just brought some extra sheets. Uh, if anyone forgot their rankings, ah. just leave them out. See, <laughs> just." <laughs> People just look at CMC at the top still and go, oh, yeah, this is this is legit. Exactly. Uh, genius. Genius. I'm going to do that. So thank Someone you. Someone ends uh, up taking Michael Thomas in the first round. Yes. Thanks, Jeff Greenwood, anyway. So, <laughs> uh, look, uh, yes. So those in my league who'd listen to this show, please just keep that to yourself. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's a good plan. Look, yes. I'll be, I'll keep quiet for you. I'll yeah, see thanks. how many people we can uh, <laughs> screw over on that, on that Saturday night. <laughs> Uh, anyway, home leagues. It's where it's at. It's oh. where it's at. It, well, that's and, the thing. Please never forget why we got into fantasy, and that's for the fun and the banter. It's exactly. not about, you know, spending hours upon hours grinding film to get that edge and spending hours to, to just win back your $20 buy-in for your leagues. Like, it's about fun. 
That and so have a good night, have a good draft. Um, and oh, I just I just want it to be now. Yeah, hundred percent. So close, so close. Oh. Anyway, what has been happening is there's been plenty of news. So let's jump into that. News and notes. All right, let's just talk about some of the injuries that has hap- that have happened over the last week. Yes, there's been a few. So let's start off with uh, Irv Smith. He's hurt his meniscus. Mm. He has been. I'm not. Sure, I can't remember. Actually, got put on the pup. I think he might have. So Irv Smith. He he was touted as one of these tight ends that that could potentially see a lot more work. Obviously, Kyle Rudolph went. Mm to the Giants. So Irv Smith was the main guy there aside from Conklin. But then Minnesota have since traded for Chris Herndon. Yes. We Herndon all know. season's back, baby. <laughs> Are you just saying that as a Minnesota fan? <laughs> no, just as a Herndon truther who keeps getting hurt by the realities that he's no good. <laughs> but there's still you just need to You just need to say you're wrong, mate. That's just I can't see Herndon turning anything around. Well, Unless he is he's one of those- thing. Anti-gaze beneficiaries. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He could, he could have been just purely gazed and now he's ready to to unshackle. Um, with Irv Smith, it, like I was just reading up and our, our good good friend of the show, we can call him now, Betts, does the injury yeah, report it. for the for the uh, fantasy footballers. Uh, he, he's written up a, in his report that uh, if it's a torn meniscus, there's two surgical options. There's uh, a bit of a more of a smaller, you know, uh, operation, which would mean he's only out for a few weeks, uh, like four to six. Uh, but okay. if um, he's got um, some serious damage, uh, there is a s- certain surgery that he would have to have that would he, he's pa- basically could be out for six months or the or the season. And so, the way I read it, they've they've spent some draft capital to bring Herndon over. It might be that latter option that we might not see of Smith this year. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. That's uh, that's something to worry about for sure, especially if you've already drafted for the season. Yes. So that's a bit tricky. But you otherwise, would have drafted Irv late, so you you oh, now you now you're streaming, aren't you? Yeah, hundred percent fine. Us. You'll be okay. The next one on the list is a big one. J.K. Dobbins. Yes, done. Obviously, ACL, we're a bit late to that one. <laughs> gone. It's it's a bit. It's a tough one mm. for a lot of people, and. Thoughts out to JK, he's going to miss the season. So pity about that, unfortunately, for him. Uh, however, Gus Edwards is, we have to talk about this, fantasy fantasy show, Gus Bus is the guy. He's the guy. I that- think he can't, Justice Hill's not going to do much. No. I think there's Tyson Williams there as well. So, or is it Johnson? Oh, I can't remember Williams. the name of the, the third stringer it's there. Williams. but. Gus Bus, Gus Edwards. Yeah, get on, get on it. Um, look, I wasn't super excited about J.K. Dobbins this year. Like, obviously, he's going to be a fairly good producer, but yeah. Gus was part of the equation, and Lamar Jackson's part of the equation. In that, like, the team's going to rush, you know, brilliantly. But it was just, yeah. you know, it wasn't all that going to be the Dobbins show. So, look, where I would have drafted Dobbins, I'm probably happy to draft Gus now. Like, it's for me. Maybe it even simplifies it a little bit that the room's a little bit clearer for just Gus and just a little bit of, you know, Hill's hype for years have ne- has never advent- eventuated, so I don't expect that to happen now. So, yeah, I, you've got to have confidence in Gus, I reckon. I Yeah, I agree. Gus is this really efficient runner and we've seen him be really solid, but he never was touted by the scouts or anything like that, but he was been really solid at, mm. at the Ravens. He got given a, a contract, got paid, I think about 10 mil. He's, he's, he was backed in by the organization and that's a really important thing to, to look out for because I don't know if they'll really bring in a veteran. No. If they do, I don't even know how much of the, of the load that they'll take. So like I, I've readjusted my, my projections today, he's sitting there at RB21 for me. Like Again, he's not going to catch many passes because that's just not what this team does. Yeah. But you're right. It was when I was thinking about Dobbins, like, well, Edwards is going to have a play a part and Jackson was going to play a part, but now there's just really the two of them and there's plenty of rushing attempts to go around. I think Gus could easily push uh, to 230, 240 yep. rushing attempts if if they really want to uh, you know invest in, in what he can do. And I think he could easily hit double-digit touchdowns this, this year. So, sure, he won't have the passing upside, but 
this guy will have a safe floor, I think, from on a week to week basis. And I don't think you'll be disappointed if you if you take Gus in. Well, if he hits that third round, I feel like you're hitting him at the ceiling. Yep. But if you can get him in the fourth or fifth or sixth, then because who knows, really? It's a late injury. You don't yep. know what, especially home leagues. You don't know what people are going to do no. with the ADP that they see. So yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a big fan. Big fan of Gus mm. Edwards. Next up, Trey Lance has a chip in his finger on his yes. throwing hand. An old chip. <laughs> so not on the shoulder. No, it's just just on the on the finger, and he <laughs> is out for a week, I believe. And so yeah. he so it probably means he's still ready, but not ready to start. I think no. that's probably the implications here. We're going to see Jimmy G take the starting role for sure, and which in I think was going to happen. Or- uh, you know, no matter what, uh, um, I don't think they want to rush um, Lance in. But I guess we saw in the final preseason game, I don't know if you watched much of it, but um, Shanahan was just basically switching. The, he was basically playing two QBs in and out, he in was. and out. Um, and you just really saw that team rush like crazy uh, because they do these read options and the defense would buy it on uh, Trey Lance uh, going for the rush. But it, I don't, you know, he didn't even, the, the, the joke of the whole drive was Jimmy G got the rushing touchdown in the end, the one I watched. So it's just, yeah, that's uh, right. they're going to be a rushing machine this year. I can't wait to just watch that offense in action. They're just going to just pound it on the, on the floor so much yes. and re-most it. Guys, he yeah. is a value in drafts. looking good. Far out. Uh, take, take most it whenever you can get him. Yep. So yeah, I think you're right though, Chris. I think we're going to see Jimmy C start, but. This offense in the future, it's going to be really interesting. I wouldn't yep. be surprised if there's a month where they're chopping and changing quarterbacks yep. uh, throughout. DeAndre Swift, week one's uncertain still. Do you have faith playing him in week one, Chris? He's just he's always he's just a lot of bad, I don't know, vibes yeah, around no, I, DeAndre Swift at the moment. I, I'm probably gonna avoid drafting him really unless he falls. Uh, to me, like because you know, win wins are valuable, and I don't think he's going to produce for the first couple of weeks. Even if he's healthy, or or you know, suited up, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And Jamal Williams is a quality back who can shoulder the load, so I don't think we'll see a full workload from Swift in the first couple of weeks. No, I agree. Uh, they're not going to risk anything on their future great no. running back, really. Mike Williams back at practice for the Chargers. Like to see That's that. Good. I think he's in line for a big year if he can stay healthy and doesn't, uh, if he learns how to fall properly, that would be great. <laughs> to Sean Watson. Yes. Still on the Texans 53 man roster. Yeah. <laughs> meaning that the Texans have a 52 man roster. Yeah. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, it's a, what else are you going to do? It, not much. You can't, you want, you want good trade capital for him. You're not going to yep. let him go. And and get nothing for him. I can yeah. understand why they want you know three first rounders and and two second rounders is because he as a talent he's worth yeah. that. As a person, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so unless twenty three people have all got together. <laughs> no, anyway, well, let's not go into that. That's not mainly because we could way, get sued, I guess. But um, you, you have to just let the legal stuff play exactly. out. Let it play out. Um, unfortunately, someone's got to have to hold the contract, and no one else wants to, so they're no. stuck. No, so if you're a Houston's fa- Houston fan, uh, then yeah, can just you, I don't know what you're doing. Do with you your start life. a? Do you sort of you know try to injure him, put him on IR somehow? <laughs> just get him <laughs> let's, off. Let's not jump into these conspiracy theories. Yeah, oh dear, he'd have something. That's right. Anyway, a uh, bit of Aussie news here. Bit oh, of a break for the yes. fantasy. Just a quick one. Uh, Sirianni has named Jordan Mailata the starting left yeah, tackle for the Eagles. It's a great story. As Aussies, <laughs> we're pretty pumped about this, actually. Yeah, just I don't to care see how good he is as starting. So Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's he's been solid. He's been improving. He's yep. worked really, really hard. You can't fault no. him for any of that. So now love that for Mylata. Yeah, uh, and that's a new f- coaching staff yeah, as well that didn't bring him in. So that's that's big raps, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I love that a lot. All right, Chris. Let's talk cuts. Yes. This has been a big day. There's been a lot going on. We'll get through probably. Let's try and just do the main ones that really matter. So let's start at the top. Cam Newton has been cut by the Patriots. Oh, boy. Belichick has stamped Mac Jones as his own and gone, you're our guy. Yes. This is good news for the the skill players. Absolutely. 
yeah, like Damian Harris, like mm-hmm. like he is going to get goal line touches consistently now. Yep. Ramondre Steven has, Stevenson has got an opportunity now to, as well to be uh, able to just have those carries that yep. probably that Cam used to have, which is good. James White actually has relevance again. He's going to do the passing down work. And then you've got Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. They're my two favorite pass catchers in New England. And both of them now are going to be, yeah, we know that Cam wasn't really pushing the ball deep too much and not yep. doing that well either. So Mac Jones here as a solid pocket passer is great for, for these two. And who knows, Myers is my uh, pick really for a bit of a, a big sleeper this year. And who knows, he could be the next Edelman kind of type, or Edelman light anyway. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's going to play that slot role for Belichick. So you, you got to love that. We haven't even mentioned the tight ends in Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Yeah. So, so where are you sitting with all this? Are you as excited about this as I am? Yeah, well, I think we're just seeing a whole bunch of players become a little bit more relevant, a little bit more valuable. Um, it's going to be the New England Patriots offense of old. Like that would probably be uh, Bill's plan, right? Um, obviously, we can't expect him to execute it as well as old TV 12 But, um, yeah, he'll be sitting back, passing, two tight ends on the field opening up the run um you know two tight ends that can catch as well so they they're just they'll be versatile um yeah and Damien Harris can finally maybe get a couple touchdowns that, that would That's be right. nice wouldn't it well, for sure. I think he's in line potentially for double-digit touchdowns. Like, that's the upside yep. if they're going to – because they're still going to run the ball. He's still a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Like, I haven't got Mac Jones here as a, as a QB1 or anything like that. He's going to sit in the QB2 range, I think, if he passes well. Yeah. Obviously, that's really important. But so that rushing upside is really just there for Damian Harris because I think this team still is going to run the ball a lot. What so, no, nah, yeah. love that. On the on the spot here, who would you have confidence drafting more, Damien Harris or Gus Edwards? Two names we've great, talked about. I think they're pretty comparable because yep. they're neither of them are going to get passing work, and both of them play for offenses that are going to be able to rush the ball efficiently and going to get goal line touches. So they're probably close, pretty close in mind. I did do the projections today, so I said Gus Edwards was my RB twenty one. I've got. Damien Harris is my RB19, so they're, yeah, they're right. not split by much. So I think yep. they're pretty side by side. So I think they could both – like if we if we, if this was the story all offseason, they would be third-round picks. Yep. But yep. whether they will be or not in yep. the next couple of weeks will be interesting to see. Uh, I, I, I do wonder if the, the Ramondre preseason hype will um, give people a little bit of pause when Damien uh, Harris comes along, you know, ready to be drafted, whether they think, whoa. Is it, it does he have all those carries still? But I think there's room for both to have a lot of work. Yeah, 100%. Next up, Rashad Perryman, the <laughs> the guy who's made splashes at the Bucks and yes. the Jets. That was Hasn't, a good week, wasn't it? Two weeks, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's right. He has <laughs> uh, been cut by the Lions. Couldn't make it in front of guys like Tyrell Williams, it's, Khalif Raymond, <laughs> Amonra St. Brown, and Quintez Cephas. It's amazing. Like now, that's, is, now's the time to ring up the CFL now, right? One hundred percent. Come it. on, get somewhere. <laughs> like, how Either did way, you not make the Lions? That's a disgrace, absolute <laughs> disgrace, Brashard. Get yeah. better, son. Either um, way, I can't. I don't like any of the Lions wideouts. Don't draft no, any of them. No, not in redraft. With you know, unless it's super deep, you might want to take a shot on Tyrell Williams. Um, was he? He could. Well, you know, he's or Quintus Cephas. He has to be the one, Tyrell Williams, don't you think? I think so. I think he's default number one, but Cephas the is the opportunity. To- that is, obviously, I think it's the TJ Hawkinson show, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Like, that's it. Yeah. No, running definitely. game and tight ends. Yeah, that's it. That's They're going to hit the ground running a lot. Quite some kneecaps. <laughs> that's right. Trevor Simeon, Q- QB for the Saints has been cut yeah, because I don't dumb. need him because James Winston, Taysom Hill are there. Tyron Johnson, a bit of a charges flash in the pan has been yeah. cut. That means Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton edge him out mm. in the third and fourth wide receiver roles. So yeah, yeah I was surprised by interesting. that one. Yeah, I think they could have. I'm surprised they, didn't, they hold. I'm surprised they didn't hold all five yeah. wide receivers. But they maybe he comes across on a practice squad if he doesn't get claimed. Yeah, I'd imagine that would be the case. John Brown. Yes. I think he requested his release John Brown, John from Brown. the Raiders. Um, yeah, so he's out, out the door. I mean, just probably saw my man, Brian Edwards, just tearing up the field <laughs> and just thought, oh, I can't compete with that. 
we'll see about that. But <laughs> you're right, though. It opens the opportunity for Rugs and Brian Edwards to really yeah. hold their own as the as a one and two here at at the wide receiver position. Of course, Waller's the number one target hog there at the Raiders. So Brown is gone. Mm. We've got some QBs gone from the Cowboys. No one cares about that. No. Travis Fulgham and John Hightower, wide receivers for the Eagles, have both been cut. Surprising for me because JJ Arthaga Whiteside keeps his spot and who did nothing last year, let's be honest. Yes. And Travis Fulgham actually had a good month. There's, there's and the argument he, that draft capital just matters in the NFL. Like, a second round pick for yeah. JJ. So a lot of people liked him. He hasn't shown anything. This is his last shot. This oh, year yeah. is his Absolutely. last shot. You got, you got this one shot. You had it three times, but now you get <laughs> one more, one last shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Nick Mullins has gone from the Eagles yes. because Gardner Minshew is there. He is. Devonta Freeman got cut from the Saints. He's so. done now, surely. Oh, yeah, you can't see him getting any work. A lot of I talk think. that Latavius Murray was on the chopping block due to salary and old chompers Tony Jones uh, coming of age. Uh, well, there. I guess three running backs on the roster isn't a bad thing. No, but uh, I, if it was a salary thing, they could have sort of got out of that. That's true. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he holds that number two spot or if they're serious about old chompers coming in. Yeah, look, yeah, that's it. Peyton came out and said it. So it'll be interesting to see. At the moment, I still like Latavius Murray. Yeah. Just in that, because oh, yeah. he knows the offense. Well he's, just, well, he's just done some nice things for us in the past, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a soft spot in your heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's and we're sure. told to, you know, remember how pitch players have treated us in the past to make our future decisions, right, Ron? We, of we, course. We shouldn't look objectively. No, that's all. Subjectivity <laughs> is everything. Uh, Peyton Barber running back for Washington. Well, no longer. He has been cut as well because yes. you've got. Jarrett Patterson in yeah. there who impressed, which Great is story. good in the preseason. Undrafted free agent from the local area making the team. Oh, I love it. I love a good undrafted free agent story. It's it's always good. Uh, Deontay Foreman, remember that guy? He got yeah. cut from the Falcons. Always because, hoped he'd be something. Ah, oh, look, everyone always hopes. <laughs> Travis Benjamin, wide receiver for the 49ers, former Charger, wasn't able to cut it. Yeah. Jacob Hollister got cut from the Bills. I thought, he, I thought he, would, he would do okay, Hollister. I thought that was a bit surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. I mean, it's faith in Dawson Knox, though, yeah, isn't it? I guess so. He had a good playoff series, Dawson yeah. Knox, I remember. So look for him. I'm just, yeah, if they're going to pass a lot, who knows? Dawson Knox might improve, yeah. they take another step as that, that young tight end. Corey Clement. Thank you. Running back for the Giants. He's been cut. Didn't even know he was on the Giants. Him. I know, that's right. That's the so lie. We uh, talked about him a few weeks ago and <laughs> I looked him up. Go on. <laughs> Jalen Samuels got cut from the Steelers. Yes. That's a, you know, he played a role for them a couple of years back, but Najee Harris is there. I think Anthony McFarland is the yeah, guy. And they've to, got Snell there still lurking around the place. They don't need any more. No. Uh, quarterback from the Panthers, Will Gray got yeah. cut. Ito Smith running back from the Vikings got cut because Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Yeah. Wide receivers from the Bears, Riley Ridley and Daz Newsom both got cut. Laquan yep. Treadwell, Philip Dorsett and Colin Johnson, wide receivers from the Jags, they all got cut. Des Fitzpatrick, a rookie, fourth round rookie, fourth got rounder. cut from the Titans. Like that's- He must have sucked in camp. <laughs> like he must have had a bad camp. Yeah, that's what I thought. Far out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I had him on multiple- Dynasty teams, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll see what he can do." Yeah, well, there Don't- seemed to be some, you know, vacated time. Obviously, we draft people drafting before Julio got there, but no, um, yeah, not- I was surprised. Fourth round, you normally you see sixth and seventh rounders get cut regularly, but a fourth yeah. rounder, you thought you'd be pretty safe. That's bad, bad move by management there. Yeah, that hurts. Uh, Antonio Gandy Golden also got cut. He was a fourth rounder from Washington. Dexter Williams running back in Equinemius St. Brown, one of the best names in the NFL, no more. Yes. Got cut from the Packers. Ryan Izzo tied into the Titans, former Patriot, got cut. Jake Luton, quarterback from the Jags, got cut. And then Reggie Bonifon. Yes. The Christian McCaffrey backup from the last couple of years is gone. And just a lot of faith put in Chuba Hubbard to Chuba. Or Chuba. Oh. Chuba Hubbard. Sorry. Chuba. 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 Um, <laughs> how long can we keep going with this? Chuba, chuba. Um, obviously, these um, you know day one of cuts is sort of like this false sense of security for these players because players then get claimed and more people are going to get cut. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for more <laughs> just blood, bloodbath again, uh, which is, is even more sad when players start thinking they're safe and then get cut when there's other options out there. Oh, um, so true. So. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's awful. To, like I don't know why they do it, but it's it's hard work for these players. But yeah, 
All the best. Uh, 90, 90 the down best. to 53. That's uh, some. It's a lot of cutting. You, you got to do a lot of cutting. A lot of practice squad yes. players that will come yes, up every, throughout the season and stuff like that. So it's not all over. Yeah. All right, guys. Oh, that's the end that of lot. our cuts and injuries. There was a lot, but we have got something super exciting lined up and we're going to throw to it now. Oh, you missed it our- first. You, you forgot. I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. What the listeners really want. You mean the five-star, the stubby holders? Nah, nah. Some ads. Give us some ads, Some Rob. ads. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> did you know, Arch, that the footy is heating up at DraftKings? I did know, Rowan. <laughs> hey, there we go. DK is back next week for the NFL. Jump on board, everybody. Draft your team. Stay within the cap. Watch your favorite players. Rack up points. Draft the right squad. And you can take home millions of prizes thanks to our partnership with DraftKings. Get ready for the upcoming football season by having a crack at some of the AFL finals as well. The Aussie rules football as well. So if you're new to DFS, no worries. Super easy. Here's how it works. Please help the pod and create your new DraftKings account at dkng.co slash TFL. That's dkng.co slash TFL and make your first time deposit. Two, then join a contest in the lobby. Pick your players. Make sure you stay within the $50,000 salary cap, of course. Then sit back and watch your players try to climb the leaderboard for your shot at massive prizes. So what are you waiting for? Think you have the knowledge to uh, beat me and Arch, then Ooh. get in on the action. Test your sports uh, know-how today. Enter now. These are global contests. Entry fees and prizes are in US dollars. Not available to residents of SA. Terms and conditions apply. 18 plus. Gamble responsibly. Think about your choices. Call Gambling Help at 1-800-858-858. www.gamblinghelponline.org.au. Eligibility restrictions apply. See au.draftkings.com for details. Awesome. And look, I'm, I'm going to bypass the Patreon ad because I'm too excited about DraftKings because we have our week one uh, contest live now, Rowan. Get in it. So DraftKings have been, I, don't, I think they've been just too kind to us. They're pretty generous uh, to Big us. Time. They've uh, obviously gave, given us our own contest for the week and uh, we're hoping to continue that throughout the season. Uh it's a three dollar entry, twenty man field, um, but guess like that's a pretty small field, sixty bucks in terms of you know winnings, winnings. Right. But they've but. thrown in five hundred DK dollars uh, to the prize pool, which can be used to enter DraftKings contest. So um, I think even last place gets a, a, a one dollar uh, payout with Hello. two DK dollars. So. I don't know if you can lose, but um, legally you probably can. So uh, dkng.co slash week one is the URL to get to our uh, contest. But if you forget that and you don't want to look at that, obviously just get in touch with us, DM us, and we'll send you a link. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to being part of it, playing with some of our listeners in, in DFS as we go week to week. So uh, dkng.co slash week one. Get amongst it. All right, Chris. Yes. Well, now, now, we, now is the on. time yes. that we've been waiting for, <laughs> and that is our interview with the one, the only Matthew Betts, and we're going to cross to that right now. Hey, everyone! Welcome back to the TFL podcast. We are here with a very special guest. We are very excited uh, to have uh, this this great man join us. Uh, he is a co-host of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast, Matthew Betts. Betts is a, a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist physical therapist. He's a lead writer and injury expert at the Fantasy Footballers, as well as a key cog in the machine that is the DFS pass, only available with the UDK+. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we were kind of talking before we started hitting record. Um, this is the first thing on my, my schedule today, so I'm fresh. I'm <laughs> yes. ready to go. I am two cups of coffee in. So uh, over here in the States on the East Coast, it is very early in the morning. But uh, like I said, I'm excited to talk DFS with you guys today. Well, we're, yeah, we're really excited as well. It's yep. just uh, we really appreciate when someone like yourself is willing to get up early and uh, talk to us. We're we're here at nighttime. We're in the future, yes. as uh, as you could say. But uh, yeah, how how is the weekend over there? You guys are already in weekend mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. Started it's, uh, it's on. It's great. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's uh, AFL Aussie Rules finals time for us over here. So the whole country is pretty sport mad at the moment, which is great. And then of course NFL season kind of kicks into gear yeah. uh, as the AFL crosses over. So it's really great. For for us, we get Football to kind of season never ends for us. No, never. Love not, it. Not at all. Love it. So, 
we've got you on bets to talk DFS, to talk a little bit around kind of what it is, how do we play it? Uh, we're kind of new into the game, probably a year old really for, for both of us. And so this, this year we're kind of wanting to bring our listeners along for the ride to kind of go, let's play DFS together. Let's see if we can figure this thing out and actually be profitable. Uh, it doesn't matter what your, your, your bankroll is, whether it's small or big, let's, let's kind of journey together. So that's kind of like our, our goal, our vision for, for, for the year ahead. So today we want to talk about cash. So what is cash? When I go into DraftKings and, and FanDuel and, and we have draft stars here in, in Australia, I don't see contests called cash contests. Uh, enlighten us to what is cash? Yeah, that's that's a term you'll hear a lot. You know, it's either a cash game or it's a tournament or a GPP and tournament and GPP are pretty much uh, interchangeable terms. But when you're looking at cash, basically the concept to take away is that you're trying to beat half the field. So you're looking for those contests where you log into your app and you see, you know, double ups, 50 fifties, um, head to heads, where as, as the name implies, you're playing against one person. So it's those contests that I would say we talk to people a lot about, you know, you're just trying to be better than half the people you're playing against. You're not trying to be the one on TV, taking home the $1 million check, on Sunday afternoons, that's that's not the contest you're looking for. Um, and if you go to the apps and you kind of go to a certain contest, you're not sure, you're like, oh, is this cash or is this more of a tournament? Um, there are different buttons you can click on your desktop or on your phone that let you know the payout structure. So you can log in and say, oh, it, it pays out 51% of the field. This is a cash game type of setting. That's kind of what we refer to. They're more of those quote unquote safer um, contests for, for people to enter. Yeah, I, yeah I, nice. I don't think I can, you know, I, I look at the field size of, you know, 100,000 entrants and I'm like, oh, I don't reckon I'm going to beat that many, but I reckon I could get in the top half. That's that's what I'm pretty confident I reckon I could do. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah, nice. So you said you've got 50-50s, you've got head-to-heads, uh, double-ups. Is there slightly different approaches that you take to the different types of cash game? Or do you are you a bit of a guy that goes, this is my lineup, my cash lineup, and I'm going to put them in all of these different scenarios? Yeah, I'm more of the second option that you laid out there. For me, we're talking about trying to reduce variance when you play in cash games. And so for people that are trying to take it a little more seriously, I recommend just playing one lineup and putting it in across all the contests that you're going to play in cash that week. And the reason is the more volume that you play, if you are plugged into this podcast, maybe you're using other DFS products, potentially the DFS pass yes. um, in the industry, and you're serious about this, like you're putting in more work than a lot of our opponents are, let's be honest, right? And so I feel confident that we have a good process, you know, DFS players that know what they're doing. So I want to embrace that variance. I want to enter one lineup across many contests to say, you know what, if I don't cash in every single one of these, it's okay because I know that I'm going to cash in a bunch of other ones too. So it kind of limits the all or none approach, if that makes mm. sense. And don't get me wrong. There are weeks where your process is sound going in. You enter one lineup across all of them and you come out with a zero. But um, that happens. That's DFS. And I feel like a lot of people that are more casual get turned off by that. And they're like, you know what? This is not for me. I, I tried it once or twice. It didn't work. And, you know, I think if you have that mindset, you know, going in that we're not trying to, like, like I said, for me in cash anyway, take home a huge prize in the first week. We're trying to be profitable you know, 12, 13 weeks of the season across an 18 week season. And if you play in playoffs, like 22, 23 weeks, you know, so you're trying to basically just be more profitable than not throughout the entire year. And having that long-term mindset, I think can be really, really crucial. So for me, yeah, it's just one lineup and it's for those reasons that I just laid out. Yeah. Awesome. We, when, when you're building that one lineup, what are some of, you know, what's the, what creates, I guess, the core of your build? Like, what do you look to feel first? As far as like different positions, you mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, you're thinking, all right, so obviously you you have some tournament plays, but you're for your cash lineup, sort of what, what I guess, what's the fundamentals when it comes to a cash build? Yeah, this is like, you know, if, if people play in redraft or season long leagues, you're trying to build like a good lineup that you would say, hey, I'm playing against my work buddies or, you know, my college buddies or whatever. And I feel really confident about this lineup right here. Yep. Uh, so you're targeting volume, right? You're targeting guys that project to have a really strong median outcome that most often they're going to have a good week. And for the running back position, that's where I always start. You know, this is not the place to get weird and different. Like you're not looking to play 
Tony Pollard, the week Zeke's healthy. Like you're not yeah. trying to to galaxy brain yourself into like, well, what if Zeke gets hurt? Here's Tony Pollard, right? You're you're trusting volume. So yep. usually I'm paying up for the some of the elite running backs, you know, the McCaffrey's, the Dalvin Cooks, um, the Ezekiel Elliott, et cetera, those type of guys. Um, and then from there, unfortunately, you can't spin up at every position. Otherwise, this would just <laughs> yes. be way too easy of a game. <laughs> so you're looking at, especially on DraftKings for me. When I'm trying to decide wide receivers, if I'm trying to save some salary, I'm looking for those, you know, quote unquote PPR guys, the yep. guys that are um, not the most sexy plays like, you know, Jarvis Landry is going to get you five, six catches for 70 to 80 yards and in, in cash lineups like that's going to work. So mm -hmm. I try to look for those kind of guys to complement that high uh, floor and ceiling combination from the elite running backs. And then from there, you know, the, the tight end position is just, it's so bad. So I actually just came out with an article about how to approach the tight end in, in, in DFS. And I found that like, we have two options and it's just the, it's the same in redraft, right? You either go up for one of the elites or you just punt the position yep. and you hope to get like three for 30 and you're happy. So that's kind of how I go about building my lineup. And then from there, whatever salary I have left to get up to a quarterback is kind of the approach I take. Yeah. Do you, do you find any position uh, that you approach completely differently in cash compared to GPPs? Yes. So for me, this is a, a pretty strong stance that I'm going to be taking this year. That's different than last year. Uh, after doing a lot of research and looking at like the million maker trends of like, okay, who's, who's finishing the top, you know, 20%, top 10%. Yep. Maybe they're not winning the whole thing, but they're cashing in these huge, huge field tournaments. And what we're finding is that the trends support paying up for elite quarterbacks more often than not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, three years ago, it would make a ton of sense to say like, all right, I'm just going to play. I'm trying to think of like a safe quarterback from last year, Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm just going to, you know what, play the $5,000 guy. And that allows me to spend up at these elite wide receivers and elite running backs. But we're actually finding with like the quarterback position being such like a, an elite separator at the beginning of your drafts, right? Talk about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, those types of guys. They're just pulling away from these guys that we used to be able to stream in terms of the pocket passers yep. like a Matt Ryan. So I'm willing this year, I think more in GPPs to lock myself into spending up for those elite upside quarterbacks mm -hmm. and then trying to stack those guys appropriately. And ironically, when you do that, you can't pay up for the elite running back. So I think it's kind of one of those yeah. different conversations. Yeah that you're willing to take, you know, a, a quote unquote, less optimal play at running back to be able to get to those elite quarterbacks and wide receivers because they're sealing on a week to week basis. We just see these huge, huge outlier weeks and in tournaments, we care about finishing that top, you know, 10% or 1% even yeah. if you're taking them the, the whole thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Stacking is a really interesting thing to me. And it's like obviously being newer to the game and thinking about how do we correlate the points that are coming uh, our way. And you want to kind of build that, that upon a team and, and stack quarterbacks with the wide receivers and the like. When would, and you're saying that's a really good thing and a really important thing for GPPs. But when we think of cash, is stacking still an important technique? I think it's something that should be considered, but I don't go into it with a rule. Yeah. So if there's, you know, two running backs and three wide receivers that I absolutely love and their quarterback is, you know, not priced to the point where you can get them in your lineup, I'm willing to not stack to have that floor. But we do know that, you know, the stacking idea is that, like you said, you're trying to maximize correlation and you're trying to minimize the number of things that you need to get right. For example, if Aaron Rodgers has a good game, presumably it's because Devontae Adams is catching a touchdown like he did like every single week last year. So <laughs> you're trying to minimize the number of things that you need to get right. So if it makes sense, I am definitely willing to do it in cash, but I'm not going into Sunday morning saying in my cash lineup, I have to stack. Whereas in GPPs, I absolutely am. Yep. Yeah, for sure. We also hear about running it back where so what what is running it back explain that to the people listening who may not have heard that term before um and is that also a gpp kind of main thing that we'll focus on there or is that something that you also want to push into for cash as well yeah this goes along the same lines as correlation so when you say run it back or bring it back basically you're looking at one game and the two teams playing in that game let's take the the very exciting week one game of the jaguars <laughs> And the Texans. And yeah. let's say you wanted to be crazy and you wanted to play uh, Trevor Lawrence in his first NFL game with Marv Jones, which you would say that's a great stack. It could hit. Well, if that's going to happen, they're going to have a huge ceiling outcome where they're pushed to put up a ton of points. 
we should probably play a text on the other side. And that's an, that's a horrific example. So don't, don't do that. <laughs> but that is basically what you're saying is when you have two teams and you play a quarterback and a pass catcher on one side, we should bring it back with someone on the other side, because the idea is that these two teams are going back and forth to push themselves, push the other team, I should say, rather to kind of reach uh a top ceiling outcome and that and again in tournaments that's what you're looking for and what we're finding in research over the years of data is like the field in general people that are playing dfs are not doing this often enough whereas people finishing in the top again 10 20 percent of lineups in tournaments where you want to be winning money they're always doing it so again that's a rule that i have for tournaments stacking and bringing it back for sure is something i'm looking to do 99.9% of the time. Yeah. One thing I liked from la- like listening to you guys last year on your podcast is the idea of telling yourself a story of how the game's going to unfold to, I guess, build those stacks and running it back. I found that, yeah, it's super helpful. One, You know, you, the amount of, um, you know, climbing the leaderboard, so to speak, happening uh, once I started doing that was 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 awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear, man. Hopefully you took down a big prize. <laughs> yeah, not, maybe not without bankroll. <laughs> um, well, yeah, go on, Ron. Yeah, you go on, Archer. I think oh, that's you right. talk so, about roster ship. Yeah, so roster ship projections, we, we know how important that is to get to the top of GPPs. Um, are they important in cash uh, or can I sort of avoid it and eat some chalk a little bit more often? Yeah, and cash, to be honest with you, I don't even look at roster percentages at all. Um, the idea that kind of uh, Kyle and I have talked about on our show is when you're thinking about a tournament or a GPP versus a cash game lineup, in cash, you're betting on yourself. You're saying that I'm confident enough that I know enough about DFS and football and fantasy mm-hmm. to be able to put a lineup that's going to finish in the top half of the field. And if you finish, you know, let's say it's 100 people, if you finish 49th, you're going to win the same amount as if you finish first. So I just need to be confident that I am better than half these people. Yep. And roster percentage isn't as important for that kind of thing. Whereas in these tournaments, like you said, roster percentage is absolutely crucial because if everyone plays, you know, the top three running backs that week and the top three wide receivers and they all hit, well, that's great. Your lineup's going to look awesome, but there's no separation from other people that you're playing against. Everyone will have the same score, so to speak. And that's a very simplified way of looking at it. But I think it's easy to understand, you know, you want to be the one having the random wide receiver two that no one played that week that caught, you know, two touchdowns and a hundred yards. And we just need that that separation, like you said, to be able to climb the leaderboard because otherwise everyone has the same lineup and you don't separate as much. How, how do I know if I think I've got that sleeper, but it turns out everyone knows about this sleeper? Like, how do I know who's got low ownership? <laughs> yeah, the um, the biggest thing here to look at, we found, is is trying to do like more of an accumulative effect of, of roster percentage. So people hear the term roster percentage or ownership and they say like, okay, I need to find, you know, four or five guys that I think are going to be less than 5% yeah. rostered this week. And the chances of that hitting are so, so slim. Like I always comp this to um, if your listeners do any like sports gambling or anything like that, like trying to hit like a five or six leg parlay, it could happen one week yep. and, and that would be sweet, but it very, very, very rarely does. So you're trying to say, okay, I am willing to play a couple of popular plays. Like, you know, you can play a, a running back that's 20% or 15%. Yep. That's fine. But you can't play all the guys that are 20%. Yep. So when you're looking to find that one or two guys that are that five sub percent the the way i go about it is really looking at players like in a similar tier or have a similar range of outcomes and we have a roster percentage report in the dfs pass that i use a lot yeah that basically tells us like here's what we're thinking is going to happen this week and that's all based off of um different podcasts that people are talking about these players you can search them on the internet you can find it on twitter like it, it, there's people talking about this stuff all over the place so it's kind of easy to see where things are going to go and I'll usually try to find the same player in the same type of you know situation that has a similar outcome, but isn't going to be the popular guy. Yeah. Or if people are locked into a wide receiver one on a team, um, let's use the Cowboys, for example, people are so hyped about CeeDee Lamb yeah. um, and for good reason. But let's say, you know, one week it's like, oh, this is CeeDee Lamb week. Like he's going to go bananas. And Amari Cooper is sitting there at half the roster percentage. I'm going to play Amari Cooper most times than not, because in any week, it could be the Amari week, but we're so bad at projecting wide receivers. So I'm looking at the same team to get the wide receiver two or just the, the, you know, the less rostered guy or a similar tiered player that's going to be less popular. Yeah, nice. 
I want to bring that uh, conversation back to the kind of building a cash lineup. You talk about different stats that we want to kind of follow uh, that matter more. Uh, you're talking about target share or uh, carries and you, you could look at other things like ADOT and uh, yards per reception, all that kind of stuff. What are some of the stats that you focus on when you're thinking about your cash game lineup uh, each week? Yeah, it's all about volume, like I said. So at the running back position, opportunity, carries and targets are super important, especially in DraftKings full PPR scoring targets are massive for those types of running backs. Um, And then the same is true, of course, targets for wide receivers. We did an article this two weeks ago, I think it was, um, looking at like, you know, we're bad at projecting wide receivers across one week. We're pretty good across an entire season. So if you look at like ADP, and uh, where these guys are going, you know, it's very rare that like, I don't know who's going super late this year that people are hyped about. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like the the Jaguars, like wide receiver four, like in best ball, <laughs> Colin Johnson starting to get a little uh, bit of buzz. Yes. People might not yeah. even know who that yeah. is. Like yeah. he's not going to outscore DK Metcalf. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. There's like a 0% chance. <laughs> yeah. But in one random week, like that could happen. So we're pretty bad at projecting like on a week to week basis who it's going to be. And so what we did is, so he said, okay, if we take away that one week sample that we're trying to achieve and look kind of more of a cross of like three, four or five weeks, we have found that targets in a short range can be predictive for targets in the next week. So like if you see a wide receiver who's been having five, six, seven, like the targets are building each week, you can feel more confident that they're not going to maybe have you know, seven to like 12 the next week, but they could say seven to nine or seven to eight. And you're trying to kind of project that volume yep. there. So yes, in, in cash, it's all about getting wide receivers uh, who have an opportunity to catch passes. Obviously that's how they put up fantasy points. So volume is all that matters in those types of formats for me. And when there's a, uh, you need to choose a defense. I feel like defense is always the, the, the weirdest part of a, of a DFS week. How, how do you handle a DST? Like what, what are you looking for? Yeah, the defense is honestly the most difficult to get right. And that's because we're not able to project it. Like yeah. there's been a ton of data that shows that even though, you know, there's there's the psychological factor of logging into DraftKings and seeing like the number 32 next to your defense, like, oh, they're going against the worst offense. We have to play them. <laughs> yep. It doesn't actually work like that. And there is the lowest correlation score in terms of salary and performance at the defensive position. So it's highest for quarterbacks. Then it goes running backs and wide receivers, tight ends down there, and then defenses in the basement. So if there's ever a popular defense, I will never be playing them. And that's just because we're not really good at being able to identify who is actually a quote unquote good defensive play that week. So um, I'm usually in cash looking to go way down there. I'm going like 2,500 on DraftKings or less. Yep. so yeah, it's it's all about roster percentage for me, and then saving salary just because we know it doesn't correlate very well. Nah, smart. I think that's uh, that's helpful because so often, yeah, you're right. When, look, it's those uh, red, yellow, green numbers that like to get thrown in our faces. Yeah. And so one of the things that I feel like I'm learning, maybe you can comment on this, Matthew, is that often I feel like I need to actually just trust the player more than their opponent. So as far as like talent ter- evaluation or yeah, in terms of, of like what co- yeah, like when it comes to choosing them in a lineup, if I'm feeling like DK Metcalf is 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 a gun, but he's coming up against uh, Travis White or, or some great cornerback, actually it's okay still to kind of go. I can back these guys in because I, I believe that they're just a genuine great talent. Yeah, and that's exactly what we should be doing based off the research from these past couple of seasons, like people are definitely overvaluing uh, specifically wide receiver and cornerback matchups. It's a very hot topic in DFS. People want to try to find that little nugget, that t- that's that stat that you're like, Oh, this, this slot corner is getting roasted, you know, on these routes, like this guy runs a ton of those routes. So mm-hmm. here we go. And we actually find that, especially for the elite offenses, matchups don't matter at all. You know, top five running backs are pretty much matchup proof. We found over the years, same is true for the elite wide receivers. So, you know, the, the best example I remember last year in the playoffs, there was the rhetoric around the the playoff slate of like, well, Devontae Adams has been amazing this year, but they're taking on the Rams. You know, Jalen Ramsey could lock him down. Like, should we even be playing Devontae Adams? And it's like, 
Did we just forget that he literally <laughs> caught a touchdown every single week and was like the best wide receiver in the last couple of years in fantasy history? Like it was incredible. Yeah. And then we're just going to throw that out the window because he's going to play Jalen Ramsey. And the way that these offenses operate, specifically guys like Devontae Adams, you know, they move all over the field. They're mm-hmm. in and out of the slot. They run them in motion. So I trust that these elite wide receivers, especially they're put in positions to succeed because they're such a crucial part of the offense. So I almost am willing to not throw it out the window because in a vacuum, like, of course, I'd rather my my uh, quarterback and wide receiver be playing against like a seventh round rookie. Right. Than Jalen Ramsey. Don't get me wrong. But I think for the elite wide receivers, we should really be questioning how much does that really matter? And I think that the research has shown us not as much. Yeah, nice. That's good. That's good to hear. I think it's almost like take something out of it. When, when you're thinking about the choices that you have to make for DFS and if you kind of go, you know what, no, this guy is good. Yep. I can just trust that and and don't have to worry about uh, those little colors next next to the names and stuff like that. That's, that is actually it makes it easier, I think, for, for a player to kind of, a DFS player to kind of jump in and, and get involved, which is you know, helpful for me for sure. We talk bankroll. I know it's going to jump topics a little bit here. When we're thinking about, I guess, wise DFS play and cash games, like you're saying, it's it's you only have to come in the top fifty percent. It's one of those uh, ways to play that it's not going to net you massive massive gains, but it's going to be a consistent way to build your bankroll each week. What kind of uh, rules or uh, percentages do you kind of go with thinking about how much bankroll you're going to play in a week and making sure that you continue to be, I guess, yeah, smart, wise DFS player. Yeah, this is something that I don't think is talked about enough, you know, because if you're more casual and you're trying to get in for, into it for the first time or, you know, maybe you've had a bad stretch of, of luck the last couple of years or the process wasn't right, it can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it can be, you know, one of those things that you just get off of DFS early And we want people to play and have fun and like have a good time doing it and understand why they're doing it and how to do it appropriately. So bankroll management is huge. Um, I also would advocate for people before even talk about like specifics of trying to have a good read on the slate. So there are weeks throughout the year where I feel way more confident that we have a better edge against our opponents than other weeks. And so in that week, I'm willing to go with much more of my bankroll and kind of trust myself in, in that process. And then there's other weeks where I'm like, I don't love this slate. Maybe the pricing's weird, or maybe it's just there's way too much chalk, but those plays make a lot of sense. So it's t- difficult to get a read. I'll play a few lineups and just kind of back off a bit. And that, I think, honestly, took me a couple of years to to do because you have this like this fear of missing out on like, this could have been the week. Like I have to play every slate. Yep. So I would really encourage people to think about that a little bit. Um, but in terms of like the specific bankroll management type of strategy, it depends on your risk tolerance, right? So if you're willing to, and you have the bankroll to be like, if I lose it all this week, like I'll just deposit next week. It's fine. If that is in your financial ability, great. But unfortunately not a lot of people are like that. Right. So I recommend personally, if you're starting like per slate, going no more than like 20% of your max bankroll because, and that's a high number, you know, no more than that. Because if you do lose that, like you're down a fifth of what you entered the year planning to spend on DFS. So that's a a situation where people come in on week one, they're so fired up out of the gates and don't get me wrong. I am too, (laughs) but we just want to be smart about how much we're playing each week. And then you can learn, you know, if you play more, every week, every slate, a couple of seasons, you really get to learn about how successful you are or are not, and then reevaluate and kind of go from there. So I think that 20% rule is really important early on. I would probably even be cautioning people maybe a little bit less to to really make sure that we're not making silly mistakes. What do you feel about week one uh, going in? I'm too excited really uh, and want to just go nuts in it. But I feel some some part of me feels I need to just be cautious in week one that there's going to be high variance in a lot of results that even with the my you know best laid plans, they could sort of come awry in that week one. Yeah. People were setting lineups in like late July. <laughs> yeah. When DK came out with pricing, I was like, what are you guys doing? We don't even have training camp yet. (laughs) There is zero information. Um, Yes, week one, I actually, I'm more of a cash game player and you'll hear me say that a lot. I do play in tournaments, but um, that's kind of just more what I feel comfortable with. 
in week one, for me, the opposite is true because we have had four, five, six, seven months to talk about football, to talk about the offseason, the NFL draft, training camp, preseason, rankings. And there is so much groupthink out there at this point that we're going to be wrong, right? Like yeah. it's going to happen in week one. There's going to be someone that comes out of nowhere that we're like, oh, we didn't see that guy coming or someone that we're really hyped about entering the season and all of a sudden they disappointed us. Um, I'm more willing to embrace that early in the year and kind of get away from the group thing. So I think week one, personally, I'm probably going to play more tournaments. And I think it's okay to be excited about that process because again, the the ADP group think right now is very, very real. People have had many months to kind of sit down and look at what's going on across the NFL landscape. Um, so yes, I'm definitely willing to embrace that variance in week one for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, when it, when it comes to doing your homework, like you've talked about how you, you've looked into a lot of research. Do, do you have, I guess, a key uh, places you like to go that you trust? Uh, it was obviously, you know, Twitter's just mental um, with how much is out there. Um, but like, I feel that people need to narrow their focus on who they take advice from. Yes, that is huge. We, we just talked about that on our show too. Like <laughs> the Sunday morning login on Twitter can be, so detrimental to your entire process because you see Joe Schmo posting about this random player that he loves that week. And, you know, it can, it can definitely change your thought process. And that's something that I would definitely advocate against. But yes, the the resources that I mostly trust and use, um, I like Fantasy Labs a lot for off-season research. Yep. So they track basically DFS performance, roster percentage, salaries, um, all these sort of things across, I think it's from 2014. Yeah. until now. And that's really when DFS started becoming super popular. So basically you're looking at the data and how things are changing over time. So that's something that I use a lot. Um, of course, I'm biased in that our DFS pass product, I think is really good and helpful and easy to understand. And then I also want to give credit to uh, the group at Established the Run. Yep. Adam Levitan and, and Evan Silva. Um, they're awesome. You know, they're super smart guys. They've been some of the most successful DFS players in football for a long time. So there is a lot of noise out there, but there's also a lot of really good research and good products that um, I think are simple to understand and not get overwhelmed because if you just you know search for like DFS research, you will <laughs> you'll get lost very quick. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I know there's so much out there. It's uh, it, it is just a bit of a whirlwind when you when you're jumping in. So I love that. Let's have some places where we trust and, and go to consistently and hopefully that is really informative for the people uh, who, who listen to this and, and, and can and name that. So that's really great to hear that you also have just some consistent places that you go to. Um, bit of a left field question, but I'd love to hear, Matthew, how you got into DFS. What was it that, uh, so a bit of a story time here, le- less analysis, but <laughs> how did you jump into DFS and, and what kind of hooked you into it? Yeah, to be honest with you, I did not see myself becoming interested in DFS a couple of years ago. Um, I was definitely like everyone, very into redraft initially. Uh, my college buddies and I started playing in a dynasty league four or five years ago, and then I was hooked on dynasty. I was like, man, dynasty is like the new thing. I love it. Um, the long term outlook. I love that. I love the idea of trying to build a team. And then a couple of years ago, uh, Andy, Mike and Jason with the ballers approached myself and Kyle, and they were like, hey, we're thinking about uh, potentially scrapping the DFS pod, but if we can get someone that is passionate about it and knows what they're doing and fits our brand really well, we would love to keep it around. And so I thought about it and I was like, eh, I, I like DFS. I'm not a diehard about it, but I took it and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it and let's kind of see where this goes. And that first season, I was hooked like from, <laughs> yes. the, from the, the start, absolutely hooked. And now I just love the idea of um, you know, one week. That's all we have. Yep. We have six or seven days to get it right. And then we move on. Whereas like in dynasty, now I can't even fathom the idea of having to like wait three years for a prospect to, to break out. Like yeah. I want this guy to perform the first week that I play in my lineup. So um, it's kind of funny how your mindset shifts, uh, but I do love DFS. I'm extremely passionate about it right now. And that is certainly where 90% of my efforts go in terms of fantasy. No, that's fantastic. I, I'm the same. Like Dynasty has been like the off season has, you know, you get these people who yeah. want to do all these startups. And, and you've got lots of years before your team's any good, Rowan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, you speak too much truth and it hurts. But that's, well, that's why 
DFS is great because it's I can jump into it and be like, that's right, this this weekend is over and <laughs> uh, my dynasty team still sucks, but I might actually do well and win some money this week. So that that's something to always look forward to. Um, back on, I guess, responsible play, uh, do you have any uh, safeguards that you have to kind of protect yourself from over-investing? Do you use like deposit limits and, and things like that? Um yeah, in your in your way of going about a uh, DFS. To be honest with you, I don't have anything specific that I use. Um, I do track like data in terms of each week how I'm performing and in which contests I'm performing the best at. There are resources out there that you can pay for that will do that for you. Um, it's just one that I don't pay for. I just do it myself. Yeah. But I would recommend having some sort of system like that to really see like, okay, how much did I actually play this week? And and what was my return? Because DraftKings and FanDuel, they're smart. They want people to play a lot. Mm. And so they're only going to show you you're winning $300, but they don't tell you you entered 400, yeah. right? So like in your head, you're <laughs> like, you see green, things are good. Let's go. Yeah. So I think just having a, an honest system with yourself, whether it's a spreadsheet, um, Kyle, my co-host and I, we have a shared spreadsheet so that we keep each other accountable. I, I would yep. really encourage like that sort of process. Um, because like you said, it can be that gambler's mentality where you just say like, all right, I, this is the week. Like we got to keep going yeah. here and really just kind of make some, some, you know, unsmart (laughs) (laughs) which could uh which can come back to bite you so i think having a system is really important yeah for sure i couldn't agree more um i think that's most of our questions but before we move on too much i want to play a game oh yes yeah look here we go (laughs) like we're, we're fans of the pod and one thing we like hearing is how how much uh, you love games uh, played uh, with your co-host. Um, Kyle is the absolute worst. <laughs> I would like that on the record. Uh, look, hopefully he forgives me for ripping off his sound drop. Um, <laughs> we've got some questions for you. And a uh, bit left field. Obviously, you, you're a guest here on an Australian pod. We thought we'd play a game, ask you a few Australian trivia questions. Sport related, mainly. Oh, Lord. And I want to see. going to be bad. <laughs> Arch is a bad man. I'm a bad He's a man. very bad man. <laughs> I, might go, I might take a zero on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first one's a layup, I hope. All right. So, first one most popular sport in Australia, and we'll say by attendance in case some people here just you're purists. So, soccer, football, we call it soccer. Well, depends where you're from. Rugby soccer. league. Rugby league, rugby union. There's two rugbies. I don't know if you knew that. Cricket. I did not. And Australian rules football or the AFL is the name of the league. What do you think is the most popular? This is so unfair. I feel like the answer is rugby. (laughs) However, I did not know there was two different kinds of rugby (laughs) or different leagues. Is it one of the rugbies at least? Uh, No, no. (laughs) No, really? No. Uh, Wow. uh, Look, we're very much, we're very provincial with our football. Uh, Australian rules football is the most popular um, at the moment. And basically it depends on which state you're from, which, which code of football you follow. So uh, Aussie rules, uh, AFL, probably cricket most participated was that, that everyone plays cricket in the summer. So, all right, next one. This, uh, this is great. I'm going to learn so yes. much today. <laughs> yes. All right. Can you name, and this is really important, an Australian beer? Oh, gosh. I'm not going to say Foster. I'm not yeah. going to do that. No, because we is, don't drink. Is that actually? We don't drink the stuff over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, I know that that's like a, okay, that's not real. Um, but outside of, of that Americanized you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Australian beer, I, I can't, I can't tell you to be honest. Uh, look, uh, look, Foster's. We'll, we'll pay you partial credit. It's it's everywhere, oh, it, and people used to drink it now, but we we've moved on to better things. I feel like it's fifty year old men that drink Foster's. And yeah, yeah. Drink. Look, Victoria bitter VB in, in Victoria. That's as popular here. West End or Coopers. Um, Coopers Ale, good stuff. Yeah, you Coopers can get Ale. Coopers Pale Ale over in the states. My uh, brother in law um, gets it over there. Um, I'll have to look for it. Name an Australian city, not name Sydney. Melbourne. Yeah, well and I reckon you almost said that properly as well. Well done. Is it Melbourne? Mel- Melbourne. How, how do you Melbourne. say it? Melbourne. Not Melbourne, as most uh, Americans say. Uh, as we would say over here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and last one. This is an absolute layup. 
I promise you. <laughs> Actually, no. No, the next one will be allowed. <laughs> name a big name Australian athlete past or present. Ooh, um, let's go with Ashley Barty. Yes, good. Well done. Solid. Um, all right, now the layup. What's the best deal on DFS content uh, content out there at the moment? The best deal? Yeah. Bang for your oh, buck. This is a layup. Yeah, this is a layup. This is easily the, the ballish <laughs> DFS pass, and I have zero bias with yes. this. Um, to be truthful, it is a silly, silly price. It's too cheap. Uh, <laughs> it's so cheap, and it's a one-time payment. So it's the the ultimate draft kit, which the ballers are known for. Yep. Plus the DFS pass is one price. It is sixty dollars, fifty nine ninety nine. Yep. You pay it once, you get it through the Super Bowl, and that's pretty much it. The DFS pass itself is sixty dollars. So basically, they're saying if you want the DFS pass, <laughs> here you go. But we'll just give you the ultimate draft kit for free. I, the marketing team and the business side of things, I do not understand, yep. but it is a massive value. So hopefully everyone goes in uh, and checks it out. Yeah. No, no. Fantastic. I, I thought I'd we, we give have you a nice easy that. one at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I was sweating those, man. <laughs> well, you didn't, you didn't bomb. No. And uh, we appreciate that. And I think you've, you'll win the Aussies listening to this. That's for sure. So <laughs> there we go. Good. <laughs> oh, fun. Matthew, it's been Really, really great to chat to you and to hear insights into into DFS and to how we play cash and all the other stuff around bankroll and stuff like that. It's uh, yeah. So we've really just had a blast uh, talking to you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to plug? Anything else that you uh, want to push forward uh, before we say goodbye? No, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, right now it's all about the ultimate draft kit and the DFS pass. It's where most of my efforts are going. Um, in season, I, I'm also, uh, and originally, you know, my schooling and everything was in physical therapy. So, uh, I still see patients, uh, a physical therapist. So I see these injuries that these guys are dealing with in the NFL. Um, so I do an injury podcast each week as well. That is exclusive for jointhefoot.com supporters, but that's the only other thing right now, man, I'm just excited for week one. It's, it's crazy to think, you know, in like two weeks or a week and a half, whatever this comes out, you know, we're, we're here <laughs> yes. we're in football yeah. season. So it's been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully your listeners enjoyed this. And more importantly, hopefully we all win some money. This yes. Year. That's it. Now, thanks so much, Matthew. That's all from me. Arch, anything else? From no, you? That's all good, mate. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Woo, that was good. How good was that? Oh, man. Thank <laughs> you so much, Matthew, again, for chatting with us. It was, yeah, just great to get inside your head. Uh, guys, if you haven't checked out his podcast, please check out the Fantasy Footballers DFS show. It yep. is a great, uh, great addition to your weekly listen. Yep. I think they're putting out two podcasts a week, so yeah. jump on that. And, of course, make sure you're listening to us as well. I just love all our DFS just takes. generous he is with his time. Yeah. Is he just, you know, you got the interview, but we got a chat before and after. And, you know, he, he's keen to cut, like, he's the next time I want to come on again. And, like, he's just so generous with his time. Like, you, you see yeah. him reply to anything on Twitter. So get in touch with him. Just a ripping bloke. Yeah, 100%. That's the best thing about getting involved in the fantasy community it, yeah. is that there are legitimately just great people out there who want to get involved and help you out yep. and help us out, yes. uh, which is fantastic. So we <laughs> Don't really, know why, really appreciate it. It's nice. <laughs> That's it. Uh, anyway, guys, as a reminder, just as we finish up, hit our DraftKings contest, yes! please. DKNG.co slash TFL week one. Get amongst it. Uh, we'll hit the links on our socials as well. So jump on board. And if you want to sign up, it's it's uh, DKNG.co slash TFL. Oh, we also so have easy to remember. DKNG.co slash TFL. Say yes. it again. Yes. So, or just go to our website. You'll see some links. Oh, of course you will. So yeah, guys, jump on board. Uh, it'd be great to play against you and get and play in that realm as well. But uh, yep. again, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and Arch. Next week we get to talk week one. Oh, I can't wait! I've already. I'm looking at salaries already. Ah, good stuff. <laughs> Join us then, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.